This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. All right. Okay. We're back. We said we'd do it again and we're doing we're it doing again. We're doing it again. Eh? If this is your first time to ever <laughs> listen to this show. You are not going to learn one thing about this documentary. No, you're going to learn a few things. About yeah. uh, auditions. Flop sweat. <laughs> yeah, we, we talk about flop sweat. So that's, that's a highlight. Well, of uh-huh. course, it has nothing to do with this documentary. Of course. That's why we do the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Shall we just get right to it? Yep. Uh, ladies and jerks, welcome to White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast, and Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Cheryl Hines. Hey, Tig. Nataro. Wait. I always say Ray Romano, Tig Nataro. Still wrong. It's no Taro. (laughs) It's not Nataro. It's no taro. I don't think so. If I'm you're ever, ever gonna, asking yourself if you're saying it right, just say no. No taro. taro. I'm not. No yeah. taro. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm. Tr- Listen. I just want you to know I do try. Mm, but you don't. <laughs> I do. I try Too to come much up time. with little Mm-mm. games, like I, the, for whatever reason, it reminds me of Ray Romano, but no taro. But I guess it's not quite the same. No. no. Oh, because it's Taro. no oh, Romano. Wait, it doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about Ray. Nothing matters. <laughs> it's the freeing and depressing thing. That nothing matters. Nothing matters. Uh, how's it going? Where are you? Oh, you're home. Yeah, I'm in my That's office. Nice. Um, just did some shows in Northern California, and now I'm home. All right. Where well, are now, you? I'm in Atlanta. Uh huh. Atlanta. <laughs> I'm just looking around because I'm like I I honestly don't know where I am. You're in a hotel. Yeah, I'm in a hotel. I have mm-hmm. I I got here and I haven't left. I've just been sitting in this room. But you just got in today, right? Yeah, I just got in. Yeah, I mean, where are you gonna go? Well, I mean, I could have walked around outside. No, I ah, don't. 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 Well, Tig, I mean, you want to just get get into it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So today we are talking about the documentary White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie. Here's the problem that we're going to have through this whole episode. I have a hard time saying Abercrombie. Oh, I do too. And you I do? tried to say it casually to <laughs> Stephanie the other night. Yeah. And uh, she about fell out of her chair laughing at me. Let's hear with yours. My... I probably can now. Abercrombie? 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 Abercrombie. Abercrombie. It wants to come out as something else. Yeah. Well, most of your words want to come out as something else. (laughs) And they do. And they do. So if that happens during this uh, time together, then sue me. So be it. So be it. Did you say sue me? Mm, I did. 
I said to you. I would love to be. Would you in a courtroom? Mm-hmm. So Abercrombie. Here we go. Yep. Uh, White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch is a 2022 documentary directed by Allison Clayman. Mm-hmm. And its title implies – oh, sorry – as its title implies, it's going to be one of those days. The film yes. chronicles the ups and downs of the American clothing brand that was once a staple of the 2000s mall scene, specifically focusing on Abercrombie's exclusionary all-American image. White Hot is available to watch on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was watching this, I was thinking, oh, I don't – none of this ever showed up on my register. <laughs> nor did it show up on mine and then I just thought is that that thing where is it that we're too old or is it that we just weren't like well here's the thing I think mm-hmm. the clothing in Abercrombie and Fitch is for me anyway it's not my vibe like <laughs> it's not mine either <laughs> I told Stephanie that I remember seeing those stores and malls. Yeah. But it was a store that I would walk past and think, what's going on in there? Same. Yeah. I would walk past and I would think, ah, maybe I should go check it out. Then I would think, no, I don't care. Yeah. I don't. And it was just very much like, I don't, I don't know what's going on in there. And what it, is going on in there? I don't know. And by the way, I'm not a big shopper. So it, I, there's so not enough was, curiosity for me to be like, but girl, I got to find out. <laughs> Hold well, my purse. I, I like that you have a purse. I started to go in there uh, one day and the music was so loud. Uh-huh. And, th- and this is when I was younger. Yeah. And I, you know, like loud music, I guess, if you're mm-hmm. at a concert, but to go into a shop at the mall and it's just like nightclub music and I yeah and it seemed like and now after watching this film I think I was right it seemed like they turned it up when I walked in like you're past the age limit lady get out <laughs> I swear to you it I was don't so doubt loud, it I couldn't even I couldn't hear any not that anybody was talking to me uh-huh but if anybody had been talking to me I wouldn't have heard him it very much reminds me of I would hear people talk about how they have party anxiety and Mm -hmm. I would think oh that's interesting I wonder what that's like and then it wasn't until actually in the past year or two that I thought I think I have party anxiety (laughs) it's that weird part of being a comedian and somebody Mm. that's a public speaker Mm. that People can think that you're into loud stuff and big crowds and you can talk and do anything because I was also a class clown and I would, you know, pipe up and say weird stuff and you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's like in front of 30 quiet people. Right. But also if somebody said, here, walk on stage at Dodger Stadium and do a show, I, I my pulse wouldn't raise. I would be right. like, fine. That would be easier than walking into a crowded house yeah. of strangers. Everybody's having a cocktail and you're like, hey. Yeah. I, I'm guys. like, oh, God, this is terrifying to me. So the idea that somebody makes a uh, a store in a shopping mall it's not going to speak to me it's that (laughs) that world like if somebody said hey do you want to go meet for coffee and i'll show you some outfits that i think which i guess is a stylist maybe but um (laughs) let me you want me to show you some outfits that i think you might enjoy i think that's a stylist yeah Yeah. i would say oh yeah i'll I'll sit there and drink coffee while you show me stuff yeah when you pick up a shirt and say how about this this is cute i don't want to walk through a mall (laughs) yeah Okay, so listen, in the 90s and the 2000s, Abercrombie and Fitch was a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do remember, like, you know, the sexy guys. See, that- I don't even remember that. Oh. I was so not, it just, I think ske- sexy guys, gay or straight, were not calling <laughs> my radar. name. No. They were not no. on your Well, they called my name. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember, like, that was also added to the mystery of it, of like, what is this store? And maybe it's not, I'm probably not the person that mm-hmm. that sh- 
not should be, but I don't need to be in this store. Like you mm-hmm. just see people walking down the mall with a little shopping bag and it's just like a, go- a shirtless guy, completely ripped, yes. chiseled. Yes. Like that's that's what was on the shopping bag. And it's like, what are they selling right. in that store? Yeah. But that was all part of their marketing and people, girls and guys, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. they would plaster their lockers at school with the cutouts of these male models, mm-hmm. shirtless A&F boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, see, I think maybe I was, well, by the way, I was going to say that I was too old for Abercrombie and Fitch, but even in high school, I didn't uh, cut out pictures of <laughs> boys and put them on my locker. Yeah. I never went to my locker. Well, you didn't go to school. I mean, ow. <laughs> You're the one that loves to bring it up. And now when I brought it up, it feels like I'm being mean. Ow. <laughs> ow. I take it back. I take it back. I remember some teacher asking me to go look for something. Like she walked with me to my locker <laughs> to go. She was like, no, I want to see. Let's go look. And I said, I don't, I truly. Maybe can't find it, but for sure don't know the combination to get into my locker. <laughs> it's, like, it's not. You, it's not in there. It is did not. Did you my, and the teacher just walk around and around, and you're like, "This is this can't be it either." Maybe this is it. I'll try my birthday. <laughs> I don't know, but it's for sure not in there. I would just write my combination on my locker next to my lock. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't a, a good sense of security. Well, and what are you trying to hide? What would you possibly, if you're not yeah, hiding drugs or, book? yeah, you're hiding an algebra book. Yeah, please take it. <laughs> A&F was overwhelmingly white and rich. Mm-hmm. Their models included now celebrities like Olivia Wilde, Taylor Swift, Channing Tatum, Jennifer Lawrence, and then the brand merged the sex appeal of Calvin Klein with the all-Americanness of Ralph Lauren. Mm-hmm. And so their stores always had, it was all about these shirtless male models. Mm-hmm. And they do talk about it in the documentary that it's kind of funny that they're selling clothes, but it's mostly naked a people. picture of a shirtless guy. <laughs> I think that was part of the mystery was like, I don't even, what are they advertising? Well, you know, this documentary really piqued Stephanie's interest because it, she said it was such a part of her childhood oh. and, and it felt like, oh, this is our age gap thing. Oh. But um, she said that with the advertisement being naked people yeah she said it reminded her of an article that she read about ralph lauren or loren whatever it is yeah stephanie was saying that ralph lauren would just put an ad with a cabin in the snow Mm. with not a person in the ad and it just said ralph lauren and you knew what that meant you knew what the clothing yeah was going to look like yeah yeah and and so it's the same, it's kind of, you know, similar in that you're not actually showing a specific product. Piece of clothing. No. And, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the whole, this whole documentary is about how the CEO, Mike Jeffries, he really just wanted to create this culture of cool kids. Like we're the cool kids mm-hmm. and not everybody can come here. Mm-hmm. But you have to be a cool kid. We only like attractive people. It's and exclusive. And it's exclusive. and Not um, just attractive, but is this white. spilling the beans? But well, yeah. we can say it. You can spill them. I mean. But white. It's called white hot. Yeah, white hot. It's attractive white people only, essentially. Yeah. I think people didn't realize that at first, according to this documentary. It was mm-hmm. just like. They really appealed to young people and they wanted one little shirt that said Abercrombie and Fitch or one, you know, one thing. So they were kind of in this cool club and in the stores, they put um, brown shutters over their windows, (laughs) 
which is kind of hilarious. Uh, so you had to go inside to even see what they were selling. I love how something is, they're thinking they're creating something exclusive, but it's mass produced. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> just t-shirts by the billions being just churned out. It's like, this is a very exclusive club. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's an interesting combination of marketing, photography. Mm-hmm. We have to take a break. Oh, for fuck it. Okay. Watch your mouth. We'll be right back on Tig and Cheryl True Story. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back, We're back on okay, here the we go. popular podcast, Tig and Cheryl True Story. Uh, we're talking about Abercrombie and Fitch. And it started out in 1892 as an outdoorsman brand. Mm-hmm. I like that they were catering to the elite adventurer like Teddy Roosevelt and Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> it really came a long way from Teddy Roosevelt to like the shirtless guy from Southern California. In their underwear with their um, private parts pointing at each other. <laughs> there are some... Uh, private gonna, parts. Well, I'm not going to say homoerotic again because it's I don't. last time you yelled at me for that and I'm not even sure w- what I said. Mm-hmm. So their campaign, their ad campaign was really just shirtless guys mm-hmm. and sometimes... Uh, sometimes it seems like they weren't wearing anything. I mean, because yeah. they weren't. Well, because they'd be like running in a field and carrying a towel that kind of covered their private part. Yeah, the region. The part of them that needs privacy. E- yes. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Mike Jeffries, reinvented this brand in 1992. And he hired this guy, Bruce Weber, mm-hmm. who was this very famous photographer. And Bruce... This photographer ended up really holding a lot of power because he was deciding which models were going to be featured and who was going to do what. And apparently it really caused a lot of uh, stress. I don't know if stress is the right word, but they were people were the, the models were vying for attention. Mm-hmm. You want to hear one of the models talk about yes. how, how they got Bruce's attention during a photo shoot? Yes. Okay, here we go. People on crew would just insinuate to just be yourself, be original, just do whatever, you know, climb trees, jump in water. Bruce, if you caught his eye doing something natural, interacting with the wilderness, like, that would be a good way to get your picture taken. There would just be guys, like, in a tree, just like, hey, Bruce, (laughs) tree in a minute, you know? Or... Like just doing push-ups on a curb. It's just the guys are so testosterone because it's just a bunch of ripped dudes. And then the guys are trying to impress the women. It's really it's just like it's a humanity at its basic level. <laughs> I'm up here in a tree. <laughs> in a tree. It's all testosterone Um is that a word? Testosterone. Well, sure. we know what it means. Yeah. Like we get it. Macaroni. Testosterone. <laughs> Testosterone and cheese. Testosterone and cheese. <laughs> That's what it was. Honestly, that is what Abercrombie and Fitch was. Testosterone and cheese. Testosterone and cheese. Testosterone and cheese. Oh my god, that is a good title. That 
That's a good title. So this guy, Le- I mean, I don't know even how to get involved with Le- Lex Wexner. No, I wouldn't Les get Wexner. involved with no, Les Wexner. Les Wexner. Wexner. Is that what it Wexner. is? Wexner. Okay. Yeah, Les Wexner, which is also very hard to say. <laughs> Les Wexner. They called him uh, the Merlin of the mall. Even his name <laughs> is suggesting that we don't really need him. We need Les Wexner. Yeah. yeah. Les Wexner. Am I right, folks? <laughs> You're just stepping to the lobby for some testosterone and cheese. <laughs> um, okay, so... Oh, oh, in 1996, Mike Jeffries took A&F public. It helped Les Wexner become a billionaire. And employees and the public, they were all obsessed. Everybody's obsessed with Abercrombie and Fitch. Mm. Everybody wanted Abercrombie. And then in the, in the documentary, it says, and then LFO, like a band LFO. Mm-hmm. Thomas, does that stand for something, LFO? We don't know. Um, he there's <laughs> when Thomas doesn't know when an answer. Thomas doesn't, and he and refuses to, to even Google it. Where he it's just like, looks at us and just care. goes, "I don't know." Then we've really hit rock bottom. Google says it stands for light, funky ones. <laughs> okay, breaking news. Mr. Thomas says that it stands. Google says it stands for light. Funky ones. ones. Okay, so light funky ones. Mm-hmm. LFO. I don't even remember this band. They sang, <laughs> they sang a song this, called Summer Girls. This is like great great grandmothers covering <laughs> <laughs> Billie Eilish. So, or great great grandmothers from the 1800s covering Billie Eilish. We're like, I don't know. Apparently, it says here. I thought it was a guy. The name is Billy. Yeah. Who's saying I'm sexy and I know it? That's like LMFMO or something. I don't know. LMFMO. What's the difference? LM. Light. Light. Machismo. Funky ones. Yes. Okay. So anyway, Bruce Weber. So you're you're watching this, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh boy, something's got to be weird. Mm-hmm. Everybody's having a great time. They're yeah. making so much money. This is what happens. And then and then all of a sudden you find out and I don't think it was a shocker. The people that were working for the design and and marketing were mm-hmm. gay guys. Yes. So they of course were like, "Yes, of course we're gay." And that's why when you walk into the store there's a giant like 20 foot tall picture of just guys abs right and then you find out that they were hiring just beautiful apparently white mm-hmm. young people to, to yeah. work there no yeah. they they would they would target uh fraternities yeah oh mm-hmm. i did like that one guy was like yeah you know they would hire people to work five hours a week. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. who has a job for five hours a week? It sounds nice. I mean, sometimes that's my job, I guess, if I'm not touring or filming something. You're like a, you're like a Abercrom, Aber, Aber, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not going to happen it's today. Not, it's not going to happen on that one. Uh, <laughs> model. Anyway. Yeah. I'm just like an Abercrombie model. <laughs> much like an Abercrombie model so they would they would go to fraternity houses and then they would have guys be brand ambassadors and they Mm -hmm. would say you have to wear our clothes and then other guys would see them wearing their clothes and you know I mean I guess it was a good marketing strategy it Mm -hmm. worked and then Mike Jeffries the guy who was running it he was kind he was pretty mysterious he was kind of you know, not shocking a white guy. He was trouble. He was trouble. Yeah, he was trouble. He was very obsessed with the look of the store. He didn't want any dust. He wouldn't let guys wear any jewelry, any necklaces. No tattoos. No tattoos. Clean cut. Yeah. Um, you could have hair with a nice cut, but you couldn't have dreadlocks. They had like an actual thing that... 
you know, yeah. a yes. Can't do's and don'ts. Yeah, the do's and don'ts, the yeses and the no's. Okay, so now things start to, now the wheels come off. Mm-hmm. And I hate to even talk about it because it just, it's so awful when you're watching it. But we, you know, that's what we're here for. We are here. So in 2002, A&F comes out with a series of graphic t-shirts. Remember how popular those were? It was like, nope. I missed that that. too. (laughs) I was looking at that going, where was I when all of this was happening? You didn't have any graphic tees. I'm trying to remember if I had any. I can't remember. I did not have any graphic tees. Like a little island, you know, like a picture of an island and it would say, you know, Tiki Bar, Hawaii established in Nope. Picture me going into a store <laughs> and being like, I have got to get the Tiki Bar Tiki t- Bar t shirts. <laughs> it just all of this escaped me somehow. Okay. I would I Mr. Magood my way right through this. I mean, what were you wearing? You were you've just been wearing the same thing. You've just been wearing the same thing. Well, I mean, just t shirts or button downs or whatever, but mm-hmm. not like I've never really been into um anything that says the Gap or Old yeah. Navy or yeah. Abercrombie and Fitch. I always feel weird when I'm advertising for yeah. people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember in maybe seventh grade, I had a shirt. Remember when those shirts were popular that said Coca-Cola? <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. But that, see, that's sort of a graphic tea then because the, okay. the next generation thinks that's cute. Okay. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I had that and I felt like... People must think I love Coca-Cola. Yeah, it was just such a weird thing, Um, these Coca-Cola sweaters and stuff. But after that, it was more like bands, like concert T-shirts. Right, right. Just plain T-shirts or button-downs. Right. But you don't have anything that says, I don't do mornings with a cat (laughs) holding a coffee cup. No, no. But my old assistant, Patrick... Yeah. And you met Patrick and our yeah. our snark bulls have seen him on the streaming show because yes. he lives. He pops in. He, yeah, he, he lives pops there. in because he. <laughs> he lives in the backyard or something. He he lives free range in our backyard at our <laughs> office. But anyway, he's really into funny coffee mugs that uh-huh. say, you know, just Those types really. Of things. Yeah, yeah, just really ridiculous, yeah. cheesy coffee mug stuff. And it's on my radar now so now yeah. I really enjoy those kind of coffee mugs I have a coffee mug because my daughter's name is Kat mm-hmm. that says you've cat to be kitten me right now <laughs> <laughs> and see I would, see, you would slurp down that. coffee out of that no problem <laughs> but a tiki bar t-shirt of a place no I way. never went or that's not even real right that's the thing it seems no. like yeah if you go to that place and that's cute but then yeah just a weird okay okay so here's what happened um so they start the uh Abercrombie and Fitch comes out with all these little kitschy t-shirts that mm-hmm. everybody's buying everybody's loving them Mm-hmm. And there's like, uh, you know, there's a little, you know, a little picture, a little, mm, you know, drawing or whatever that looks like. Yes. Uh, okay. So then they had one. It was like a sort of caricatures of Asian people mm-hmm. at a laundromat or dry cleaner or something. And it said, two Wongs can make it white. Yes. Ugh, that's when you're watching this and you're just like, oh, God, I hate everything about what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so the Asian American student group started protesting mm-hmm. um, Abercrombie and Fitch and really making it clear that that's offensive and yeah, people should pay attention to this. And that's when their public image started changing. Mm-hmm. So up till then, they had been like the cool people pretty people where these you know abercrombie and fitch although apparently you find out later that they don't even have like plus sizes or it doesn't even seem like they had extra large or anything right oh it's like the uh you ever go into a store and it's like one size fits all it's no like, i don't what store is that <gasps> Well, my daughter goes into, I think it's Brandy. 7-Eleven? No, it's like a little, it's like a little, you know, young women's store. Brandy Melville or something. And it's, and you walk in and it's like, I said, oh, what, where are the sizes? And they're like, oh, one size fits all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's impossible. 
I'm like, no. <laughs> I've seen that with socks, and even that is confusing. Where I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my foot when I'm seven years old, and I'm looking at my father's foot. And I'm like, one size fits all. Like, how is that possible? I understand with like a slanket. Wait, is that what they're called? The slankets? You know what, what? I'm talking about? No. Uh, what else are what they do you called? Mean? The blinkies? What are they called, Thomas? It's like a blanket that you wear. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Frilly? They're Wait. called slankets? <laughs> There's another <laughs> word for it too, but I can't remember. But one binkies? size fits all. Binkies? Yeah. You it suck can't on be binkies. Bink- no, it yeah, can't be no. a binky. But it's like that. It's like kitschy like that. It could be a binky, but it's for sure not a binky. <laughs> it's not a binky. It'll come to me. A snuggie? Oh, a snuggie. A snuggie. Which is ironic because they're not snug at all. And we should, uh, but they're snuggly. We yeah, should leave snuggly. in the audio of Thomas's voice saying, <laughs> a snuggie? <laughs> Just like real sad and disappointed that this is his job. Like slash disgusted. <laughs> but he has to eavesdrop on this and then Google that and then say a snuggie. Oh, no, we have we to have take to a break. No, no. We'll be right back on Tig and Cheryl True Story. Oh no. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back on Tig and Cheryl True Story. <laughs> okay. Uh, A Snuggie. Okay, we're, we're moving on from the Snuggie. Okay, so here's what happened. So after this, after people started protesting mm-hmm. and really like you know, marching in front of the store, A&F's public image started changing. It was kind of sad slash nerdy funny. Mm-hmm. One of the guys, like, really loved Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Was it one of the mo- – oh, one of the employees mm-hmm. really loved Spider-Man. And then when he saw Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, Flash Thompson, Peter Barker's bully was dressed head to toe in Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> in the movie, <laughs> which was part of, you know, clearly very intentional, like only, I was going to say douchebags, but I don't, I've never used that word before. And I haven't weird. either. I don't, I don't even like understand that word. it. And here's the thing. This yeah. is a little. Um, Douchey. Uh, <laughs> it's also not good. Okay, go I ahead. don't use that. No, either. I don't either. I don't either. I don't know what's bringing it out. That's why we're friends. <laughs> but I worked for Sam Raimi. When he was oh. making Spider-Man. <gasps> was one of your jobs... No, I know it wasn't going to Abercrombie and Fitch to get the no, costumes. No, but do you you want to know a, a really interesting side yes. note about this? Yes. So I worked for Sam Raimi, the director, yes. when he was making Spider-Man. Yes. And he... And this was when I was still just an open mic comedian. I was an assistant for this director. And then he said... Why don't you come in and audition for this role? And I was like, okay. Of Spider-Man? <laughs> for a small role <laughs> Love in the movie. Love Spider-Man. Go ahead. <laughs> so they let me leave the office and go over to Sony. That's so nice. And yeah, and we were at Universal, which is, that's where the production office was for the other stuff he was working on. But for Spider-Man, it was over at Sony. So I had to drive across. All the way over. I mean, 
all the in way in LA. Over. That's like a that, that's an and it's like it's like a, a four three hour, hour day. Yeah, yeah, it's a long yeah. it's a long trip. And I had never auditioned for anything. I had oh, no. never attempted to be actor person at all. And I get in there, and I just froze and oh. flop sweat everywhere. <laughs> and then I just got back in my car and drove back to the office. <laughs> and then years later. I'm doing a movie with Octavia Spencer called mm-hmm. Instant Family. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Okay. And she was talking about how when she first came to Los Angeles, she worked for this casting director and that they worked on Spider-Man. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I said, I worked for Sam Raimi when he did Spider-Man. And she was like, really? And I said, yeah. And he had me audition for a role that I actually ended up not getting. And she said, ah. This sounds kind of familiar. I feel like I remember someone flagging someone coming in saying that they worked for, they flagged this audition time (laughs) saying this person works for Sam. And I was like, oh, well, that was me. But in a good way or bad way or just like just heads like, up? Just, just flagging heads up. it. Heads up. Okay. Sam's uh, an assistant from Sam's office is coming in. And and Octavia <laughs> was like, that sounds so familiar. And I was like, well, that was me. And she said, well, you know, what's crazy is um, they let me audition for a role also in Spider-Man. And she said, I ended up getting it. And it was the role I auditioned, auditioned. for. And it was Octavia Spencer's first like oh break in a movie and she's the person at the the wrestling ring checking people in when spider-man goes in to wrestle that was the the role i did audition for and octavia spencer beat me out of it oh well it sounds like you deserved it listen i've been angry <laughs> ever since but it's really interesting to go that back and see really that and be like that's octavia spencer that's so funny yeah. Anyway. Did I ever tell you about the terrible, terrible audition I had for, um, I think it was for <laughs> Damon Wayans. Did he? I don't know. Was he, remember? Okay. Stop me if you've heard this. But nope. it was for scary, one of the scary movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a spoof of a scary movie. And sure. the whole audition. <laughs> and, and at this point in my career, I was already on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So, you know, people, some people knew who I was so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like I just was so the audition was uh I was playing the role of the the girl who's possessed mother Mm -hmm. and so sort of a takeoff of um uh oh what's the scary movie where the you know I'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) oh that one you know What's it's one of the book? every single no, scary like movie? No, like the first scary movie where everybody flipped out because the girl was possessed. Thomas, it's not the first scary but movie. Come on, Blair Witch. No, even before that. No, oh my God, this is awful. Oh, The Exorcist. Yes, thank you. So it was, it was like a it was a it was like a spoof of The Exorcist. So I was always playing the mom, and then the priest comes in to check on the kid, and I take the priest's hat and I'm hanging it up, and I catch myself in the mirror. Holding the, holding the hat, and I start doing a Michael Jackson impersonation, and that was the whole audition. And so, wait, they asked you to do that? Yes, that was yes. No, I knew that's what I was going to be doing. Okay. So uh, I walk in, and it's like a big room, and uh. I think it was Damon. I think he was directing. Who cares? It, it doesn't Who matter. Cares? It doesn't matter. He's in the corner by himself, like, not making eye contact with anybody, not even looking at anybody. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, a the um, casting director is set up in the middle of this room with a camera. Mm-hmm. And that was it in this giant room. And and she was like, okay, you know, whenever you're ready. And I said, oh, uh, do you have a hat? And she goes, no. And I was like, <laughs> and I could just feel, like, the heat. Like you're talking about fluff sweat. I can feel it coming. I just, my whole body starts getting hot because I'm like, I have two choices. Either just turn around and walk out now because it's not going to, yeah. nothing good is going to happen in this moment right. in time. Right, But I didn't. I mimed like I had a hat. <laughs> and then I, and didn't get the part. And then I acted like I saw myself in a pretend mirror and went, ee-hee. And then, uh, <laughs> and then moonwalked 
right out of there. <laughs> Holding on to my imaginary hat. <laughs> and I'm telling you, there was not one uh, peep in the room. <laughs> there was not one. There was not, there was not a smile. There was not a laugh. It was just like. Oh no, that's the lady from Curb. <laughs> Just said ee and moonwalked. Uh what would only the only thing that would make that story better is if you <laughs> misunderstood them and they hadn't asked you to do that. Uh but you know what's, <laughs> what's What's terrifying is there that's tape has to be out there somewhere. I mean, I'm sure nobody's like sitting. The Wayans brothers are not sitting around watching my audition tape of. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, apparently they <laughs> cut the role altogether. <laughs> Listen, it's hard being an actor. Uh, that's all I'm uh, saying is. Yeah. Uh, where were it's we? It's tough stuff. It's. <laughs> I mean, it's not digging ditches. <laughs> it's not digging ditches, but it does make you sweaty. But what if you um, were moonwalking and they open the door to the office and, <laughs> and insinuating, just, just keep, keep on, on going, <laughs> keep moonwalking on out. <laughs> and then what? What was the walk? To your car oh, and driving off I like dig. it was it was like, oh, I need to rethink some things. <laughs> I mean like I uh, like I, I really I remember getting in my car and thinking, I shouldn't be this sweaty after an audition. That's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. Like you are not in the right place doing the right thing. <laughs> You're walking off like swamp monster, just dripping in sweat. <laughs> and I love Damon Wayans. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I felt like, oh, we are going to be kindred spirits, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to meet him, have a few laughs. <laughs> Isn't was, that funny yeah. how people think that? <laughs> and then you meet someone. And he's like in the corner, like just do the thing, and yeah, moonwalk out of here. <laughs> moonwalk on out of here. Of course, we're cutting this role. <laughs> We just haven't gotten the official word yet, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Okay. Uh, and I'm sorry, what did that have to do with... Um, I don't know. Well, uh, oh, Sam, Sam Raimi as Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> and it we're back. It doesn't have to do with anything. It doesn't have to If do this is your first time listening to Tig and Cheryl True Story... Uh, this is a perfect example of the show. Of, of our content. Yeah. Okay, so Spider-Man. So now it's not cool to have Abercrombie and yeah. thing. And then there's a, a woman in this documentary named Carla Barrientos. And she was a former employee. She's a black woman. And she was saying that she never got to work during the day. She only had night shifts where she had to, you know, clean up and vacuum up at the end of the day. Wash windows. Wash windows. And she asked, you know, somebody at the store, can I do day shifts? Mm -hmm. And they said, no, no, the schedule's already set. That's, you know. And but one of her friends worked there and worked during the day. And they both agreed, okay, yeah, let's switch shifts. You take mine, I'll take yours. Mm -hmm. And then... The supervisor or whomever at the store said, no, mm-hmm. that cannot happen. And uh, then she was taken off the schedule altogether. Yeah. She was saying at the time it didn't really hit her, you know, right. because she was so young. That That's what several of the people in this documentary said. They were so young at the time that it – and they loved the store and they loved that, you know, young, yeah. everybody's sort of partying and beautiful. Mm-hmm. That they didn't really realize what was going on. Then right. other people of color started having similar stories and then were fired because of their race or the fact that they didn't look like the Caucasian model on the posters. A&F's excuse was that they weren't being racially discriminated against. They were being fired because they were just ugly. I mean, who? It was so maddening watching, mm-hmm. watching this part. Mm-hmm. Were you losing your mind? 
Yes. And of course, whether you're technically attractive or not, put all of that aside. Yeah. This particular woman was beautiful. That's <laughs> exactly that was, that was the other shocking thing. Is you're just sitting there going, know. What are you talking? Like, what? Of course, no matter, you can't judge somebody based on that for job performance, regardless. But I mean, this, the fact that this was coming out of her mouth that is attached to her face, yeah, that is so attractive, was, was I was outrageous. I don't understand. I don't understand. I didn't understand it either. And then there was there was another um, guy who they also talked to who said that he was being let go because they thought he looked Filipino. Or they had enough Filipinos. Oh, they had. Yeah. Uh, like what is the – what world is like we have our Filipino quota? It is beyond, beyond. It's – baffling i mean obviously things luckily have changed so much and obviously there needs to be so much more change but that that was that was it was without flinching right from top trickle down from the top like absolutely tell them we're all set on filipinos it is beyond absurd and so eventually former employees sued abercrombie for discrimination in a class action lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And A&F admitted no guilt, but settled the suit for almost $50 million. What was horrifying, too, is that after the lawsuit, nothing really changed. But mm-hmm. instead of calling the young, beautiful people, you know, the salespeople, salespeople, they called them models. And then the people in, in that worked in the back were called impact so they could still hire people on their looks because they were technically models. Um, and then the models would describe um, Bruce Weber's inappropriate behavior in the, on the shoots. We really only heard from male models mm-hmm. in this documentary, right? I don't, I don't think girls and women really showed up on anybody's radar at Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> that was and not probably the focus. just in general. I think just in the world, general. just it, it took a while to just kind of start to show up. Yeah, the models would say one of the guys was saying, you know, they were on location on a shoot, and Bruce said, "Why don't you come to my room or whatever?" And he said, "No thanks." And they sent him, they gave him a ticket, plane ticket back home. Mm-hmm. So this guy Bruce, they were both clearly taking advantage of these guys. I can't imagine being that man but by the way Mm. i'm pretty sure i feel very confident that this has been happening with women and Mm -hmm. men for a long Mm -hmm. time as well i'm sure there are female models out there who probably have similar stories but i'm just thinking of having these ideas in life and putting them into action and oh i know it's it's so crazy. It's, it's hard. Like when you really not just go, whoa, how crazy, what crazy weird behavior. When you actually really think about putting yourself into that situation, making these decisions, acting on them. And then and then having a lot of people following you. And, yeah. you know, you're mm-hmm. telling people to do this and that. And, mm-hmm. and then in 2006, a journalist, okay, Benoit. Then is it Lewis releases an article about Michael Jeffries. Apologies. <laughs> Sorry. Benet Benot. How do you think you say it? Benet. I don't know. Okay. I'm um, relying on you. <laughs> please don't. In which he openly calls the brand exclusionary. And he has a very specific vision for who they are designing for heterosexual sexy women and heterosexual sexy men very interesting but stop short of saying white right and in 2013 his article goes viral and then there's a huge movement against michael jeffries and then people boycott abercrombie and fitch and then and then they started a a petition to get rid of mike what's his name well, who cares? People know. Just the, <laughs> the, the big bad guy. guy. That, yeah, He's the bad, the bad guy. white guy. Uh-huh. 
And it worked. And it did work. It took a while. It took a while, but he finally stepped down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't sound like much of a punishment, does it? No. Well, he left with tens of millions of dollars, too. Yeah. What was it, $27 million he walked away with? Yeah, $27 million retirement package. That's absurd. It's a good amount of cash. And then in in 2015, Abercrombie and Fitch. Fitch? Fitch. Is that right? Who cares? Doesn't matter. <laughs> A&F. They get in trouble again because they won't hire a teen because of her headscarf. Mm-hmm. And so A&F dug in their heels, refused to settle, the case went to the Supreme Court. Abercrombie loses the case in an eight to one vote. And the one vote that said that in favor of Abercrombie and Fitch Clarence was Clarence Thomas. Ugh. Absurd. That guy is a loser. So And you know what? I don't even care if Clarence Thomas is, is a fan of this show and he's listening. You're not even you're gonna a say hey, loser. You're not even gonna say hey, hey Clarence, hey. No. Nay, no. Clarence, nay. Nay, Clarence, nay. <laughs> but apparently she won a lot of, I, I'm assuming she won a lot of money. I think there was, you know, an, an undisclosed amount. She drove off in a Rolls. Yeah, like flipping them all off. off. Yeah. Go fuck yourselves. That's good. Do you do uh, voiceover work? <laughs> Was that the sound? It was that like a car driving off and like the voice disappearing in the <laughs> yes, distance. It was okay. going so fast. It was like yeah, in the yeah. distance. Uh-huh. Don't fuck okay. Um, <laughs> other top A and F brass are embroiled in a scandal. Les Wexler ugh, gets in trouble for his close ties to sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. That's a can of worms that we shan't open and bruce weber gets sued by former models uh settling two sexual assault cases just last year and then now the brand it still exists it still exists they've rebranded themselves to be more inclusive and and diverse under the leadership of ceo fran horowitz so i mean i guess it has a good ending Mm -hmm. i'm not you know Dying to get into Abercrombie and Fitch and bikes and khakis. People can hear you, Cheryl. <laughs> People can hear you say that. But I also did. I also wasn't going in there before. So, okay. But what if they came to you saying, "We have a twenty-seven million dollar modeling yes. deal." Yes. You sign up immediately. <laughs> yeah. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? Where do I sign? Just- you, want, you want me to climb a tree? Look at me. I'm in a tree. <laughs> I'm doing push-ups on the curb. So that's that's it. Tig, are you All ready right. for our um, final thoughts? Yep. Okay. It's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I did not. No, no. Okay, but who were you attracted to? There were so many attractive people in this. Are you acting like there weren't attractive people in this? What are you acting like? Your face is, you're very pensive. Who were you attracted to? Well, I liked the male model mm-hmm. that had the sleeveless, like the cutoff sleeveless tank, not a tank top. But by the way, I also don't like cutoff sleeves. Wait, the big muscle guy? I guess. Was he muscly? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> he was cute, though. He was just, he, it's, I liked his personality. And Wait, was he the one where he was like, I'm going to move your hand? Yeah. I would have to say the woman that, um, the employee that won that they said was, uh. Carla? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carla. She was awfully cute. I mean, I'm sure she still is. Hey, Carla, hey. Hey, Carla, hey. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everyone got a clear, clear, clear picture of what that documentary was about. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You and I should co-direct a documentary (laughs) and see how off the rails it would go. We would truly follow a squirrel for miles. (laughs) I mean, like, oh, look at it. Oh, 
It's going up the tree. It's going. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what are we doing? What are that we reminds doing? me of a story. Yeah. No, it would be the worst documentary ever made. I don't know. I love squirrels. Well, that does remind me of when I was uh, snorkeling. Here we go. <laughs> it's not a good story, but I did see it. Snorkeling? Snor- oh, it's snorkeling. And I saw a sea turtle. And I uh-huh. wanted to follow it. First of all, they yeah. swim very fast. Yeah. <laughs> don't be fooled. And I really got away from the group very quickly. <laughs> I was swimming so fast trying to follow a sea turtle. <laughs> anyway. So that's all for this week's episode. And next week we'll be talking about Dead Asleep. And you can watch it on Hulu. Okay, before we go, mm-hmm. do you want to do some true fan mail? Yep. Okay, this is from Sarah M. Hey, Sarah Hey, Sarah M. M. Hey. Hey. I absolutely loved the Social Dilemma episode for two reasons. Mm-hmm. First, the documentary itself was a very minor topic. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have talked about it for more than five to ten minutes total. <laughs> it's funny because in my mind, I feel like we covered it. Yeah. Uh, That's my favorite kind of episode, as I thoroughly enjoy your meandering banter. Second, we finally got to hear Thomas speak. Aw. It was surprisingly exhilarating. I couldn't (laughs) believe my earballs (laughs) when we actually heard his voice. Just the week before, I was thinking, are we ever going to know what Thomas's voice sounds like? I hope we get to hear him again in future episodes. I picture him as an all-knowing person. Every time Tig and Cheryl don't know something because there's no way to know, he gives them the answer in a split second. <laughs> they don't understand editing. <laughs> but it is still very fast. Yeah. He's, he's very fast. If he's not all-knowing, he Googles really fast. Thank yes, you for such a wonderful show, Sarah M. Oh, that was nice. Thanks, Sarah M. Thanks. Thomas is all-knowing, and yes. he's a speedy Googler. <laughs> a speedy Googler. Speedy um, Googler. This is from Amber L. Hey, Amber hey, L. Hey, Amber L. Hey. hey. I'm an episode behind, bad vegan, but you had me cackling at myself during this discussion. Could you <sighs> fall in love with someone you had never met? Yep, 100% did it. <gasps> we wow. were together for over a year before we were ever on the same continent. If you do, never send them money. I sent expensive gifts and the money to buy a new bed. She didn't ask, but in retrospect, it was probably pretty dumb. (laughs) I got a passport, bought a ticket for my first ever international flight, took precious vacation time, and ended up immigrating. We've been married for 12 years, have two kids, and are just as in love as ever and happier than most couples I know. So while I may have done all of the dumb things, sometimes it can work out. Hopefully, you won't be doing an episode covering a documentary about us later. Thanks for the laughs. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Well, I guess I'll take back. Take everything you've ever said back. <laughs> that would be my... Amber L., I take it all back. Yeah. Um, that's so nice. Wow. Amber L., I love hearing about people in love and happy. And I know. 12 years later, that's very sweet. Yeah, it's nice. Cheryl, do you have anything you want to mention or promote? The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. It's really fun. It's a little crazy. <laughs> it's a sexy and dramatic. I mean, not, I'm not. Are you sexy Yeah, you know, it? it sounds like I'm acting like I'm the sexy one. Oh. No, but also, this is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to Puerto Rico and I was shooting in Puerto Rico and I couldn't talk about it because they hadn't announced it. Yep. <laughs> but they've, they've announced it. They've announced it. So um, Rachel Harris and I are going to be on uh, the first episode of the second season of Fantasy Island. Braggadocious <laughs> alert! wee wee Well, it sounded so fun that we were going... We were playing best friends from high school, and we were nerds in high school. And then our fantasy is to be the cool kids. Oh, my gosh. Are you wearing Abercrombie and Fitch? Could you imagine? But, you know, we have flashbacks to our prom. Mm. I mean, the show is crazy. And really, Will they book me? Do you want to go to Fantasy Island? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I was at the airport and ran into Kaylee a couple of days ago. You really? 
Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to mention how she's on the flight attendant, but I thought I'm okay. not going to be the 10 billionth person <laughs> to know. say that. Oh, you're to her. getting on a flight and you're the flight attendant. <laughs> well, no, she she and I were arriving home at the same time, and um, if nobody, if or if people out there have not seen the episode of Under a Rock with uh, my guest Kaylee Cuoco, I highly recommend you go online and Google that. Mr. Thomas was the head writer. And Kaylee was so fun to have on the show. And uh, as far as what I would like to promote here, Saturday, May 14th is my album release party in Los Angeles at the Ace Theater. Get your tickets now, okay? Wow. Get your tickets now. It's going to be a special night album release party on the 14th in Los Angeles. And if you're out of town, shoot, girls night, get tickets, fly in. And then the 19th, I'll be in Birmingham, Alabama, May 20th, Nashville, the 25th, Amherst, Massachusetts, the 26th, Ithaca, Ottawa on June 3rd, Toronto on the 4th, San Diego, July 23rd. Hey, San Diego. Hey. Hey, San Diego. Hey. Good morning, San Honolulu, August 12th. Hey, Honolulu. Hey. Vancouver, August 5th. Victoria, August 6th. Okay, we get it. We oh, get my it. gosh. We get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. I'm everywhere. All right. But really come to the album release. That's going to be That sounds fun. fun. I'm going to try to go to that. Fun. Yes. Cheryl's going to try to go to that, which means she will be there. She's going to be there. All right. Should we do it again? Let's do it again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.